0: This week on Boots and Backstraps, we've got Matt Methune, the new owner and producer of the WeFest. He shares stories of the transition and ownership and some secrets about this year's show. Stick around till the end where we talk about how to prepare pheasant. Brought to you by Home by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps Podcast.
1: Come on now.
2: Hunt is on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hay field under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky-tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.
1: Hey, everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big
0: bucks to bull elk, we've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Boots and Backstraps. I'm your host, Shane Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and country music legend and damn uh, attractive gentleman over here, Mr. Tomcat. Come on, now. How we doing, sir?
1: <laughs> doing good, Shane. How are you?
0: I'm great. We're back in the saddle for episode Whatever number it is now. Yeah. Four? Four. It must be four. Jill says four. It's got to be four. Well, Jill runs my life, so she sh- says four. It's four.
1: She knows more than we do. She does.
0: Probably both of us put together.
1: We're going to have a great show tonight. I'm really excited.
0: I am super excited because we're going to be taking two different approaches to the same topic, and I think that's going to be really interesting to all of our fans out there and the ones that listen in.
1: And I know he went th- and jumped through some hoops to get here tonight. He did. And uh, he's going to be jumping on a plane early in the morning. and uh, even though he and I kind of worked together for many, many years, I think uh, I've maybe only met Matt once. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Matt Mathune. Matt is the new owner and producer of the world's largest country music festival, the WeFest. Yes, indeed. Something that's special to me, and uh, I'm quite confident that Matt and Live Nation are going to bring the Wii Fest back to where it used to be, the number one in the nation. So Matt, it's good to have you here.
3: Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank oh, you. That was man. a nice intro. Hi, <laughs> Shane. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: well, we're very excited and honored to have you in. And, and like he said, we're appreciative that you're able to make it
3: work for us to come in and say Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And my mom gives you her best. Thank From you. her hospital bed, she's very, uh, she's happy that we're all doing this. There because. was a
1: chance that Matt was not going to show up tonight because... His mother who's very active, broke her ankle. That's got to be so painful. Yeah. And so Matt was going to lay low and hang out, but he decided that uh, he'd come and join us. And it's not a quick drive. I mean, I have a sister that lives near you in Deep Haven, and uh, it takes me almost an hour to get there. So thank you for driving all the way up here and hanging with us. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the Wii Fest. We're going to talk about the origins of the Wii Fest. Uh, I mean, we could talk for days about that, and I could certainly tell you a lot of stories about the WeFest. Uh, you know a few things about WeFest? A couple. <laughs> <laughs> People always ask me about the different entertainers, and you know, I have some great, great stories, and maybe if I have a little more single barrel tonight, maybe I'll tell you one of my favorite. It's I
0: pretty-
1: would love some single barrel. I think we have someone that might bring us. Uh, uh, this is Jill, everybody. Thank you, dear. That's See, Matt, this isn't real scripted. <laughs> Free-flowing. and uh, That's nice.
0: All right, so Matt's already got his glass over there with the single barrel, so I'm, I'm late to the party with mine. But let's do a, a little toast to Matt joining us tonight. Cheers. Thank you for making it in. Yeah. TK.
1: Come on now.
0: Ah, There we go. Go-go gadget arm.
1: Mm. Tastes good. Yes. Didn't hit my mute button on that one. They heard it slurping all the way down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully they've got a drink in their hand, too, when they're watching this. Yeah. So, Matt, before we get into the depths, which there are quite a few in 40-something years of WeFest history, tell us, first of all, because you might be a new face for all the local country music fans when it comes to the WeFest Association Sure. The two of you together.
4: Yeah.
3: So, how did you get into involved in music before we even get to like the We Fest stuff? Sure. So, um, originally, uh, my my first t- taste of music was in a a pretty good band, but I was bad. I played the drums <laughs> okay. um, in a garage band, a, a, a true garage band, um, living out in California, post college. Um, we all had our day jobs, but we, you know, were delusional. And so we would play music <laughs> in my garage. Um, longer hair back then, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Longer hair, um, had, it was a great gig. There was something called the black and gold club back then. Um, okay. MGD had this, it was kind of short lived, but, um, a couple of my friends somehow who were in the band got approached one night at a bar, uh, by a couple women. Who said, hey, you look like fun guys. Would you be in the black and gold club? And they didn't know what it was. Um, But it just turned out it was free beer for a year. And so these women would come to our garage and deliver um, MGD anytime we were practicing or wherever you were. That sounds terrible. That was the MGD. (laughs) That was the black and gold club. I can Uh, see
1: the marketing. I can see the marketing gene. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so that was the first taste, and um, and that was a lot of fun. But as I said, I was a, a very poor drummer, and so um, that was just, um, just a night thing. Uh, and then moved back to Minnesota years ago, uh, about 11 years ago. Got involved with um, a property called Somerset Amphitheater. Now it's called Somerset Amphitheater um, in Wisconsin. So just across the border uh, from Stillwater. A
0: lot of folks are probably familiar with it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Big hunting country. Yeah. So I didn't know bear hunting was even a thing until I um, got involved in Somerset, and it's a big thing there. I don't know if you guys bear hunt. Oh, I know a couple
1: of bear hunters from Somerset. Yeah, and I'm sure we know them in common (laughs) because we did a country show in Somerset. Sure, sure. Randy
3: and I, and uh, yes, long time, many moons ago. ago. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, got involved with um, this land that. was just kind of you know it was it was unknown what was going to happen to it um and potential right yeah yeah and it had you know great infrastructure um the the amphitheater itself we put in a bunch of bathrooms and bars and kind of built it out and then um campgrounds so it was old farmland and um incorporated this farmland and and built campgrounds and so i've been uh, doing that for 11 years 10 11 years um, and then Supass, Pass, we've been involved with the land for years. So WeFest, uh, the land where WeFest is held is called Supass Pass Ranch right. in Detroit Lakes. Um, and uh, and that's a family-owned uh, plot, right? Yep, yep, yep. So my uh, dad got involved probably th- 35 years ago um, when they, I think, were trying to figure out. I think WeFest was only about two years old, and they were trying to figure out you know what was going to happen with the land and and you know and all that and um and so he got involved. um I think about two years into the festival. And so yeah, I was a little kid. So that's like eighty one or eighty two. No, well, eighty three was the first. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's probably about
1: eighty five. I think your dad got involved in eighty five. Yeah. And I think that's the same time we got Randy involved.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, eighty five. Jill, how were you in eighty <laughs> five?
3: She was she was negative
1: five and eighty five I think.
0: And uh, Lynn does confirm those facts, just yeah. so you know. Perfect,
1: yep. eighty five. Oh, good, good one. Yeah, sharp. Oh, I've had these conversations so many times, and it's so funny, uh, Matt. Your dad, I, I've met him a few times, but he just likes to stay behind the scenes. The most I'd ever hear about your dad was when Randy was complaining.
3: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The
1: landlord-tenant relationship—that's right, right. a natural. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then we leased uh, a lot of the campgrounds, you know, in the surrounding areas from local farmers and residents.
0: There's a lot of camp area up there. It's yeah. huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I have, and I'm sorry, I don't know if I have it here today. There's a, you know, several. We had a helicopter that used to hang out there, and we had uh, these aerial photos. And I can remember when we got to be about fifty thousand people.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it was crazy though,
1: well, how far I, out the campgrounds went.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think like mowing the grass as people yeah. were coming in to make more space <laughs> and yeah, it's 400 plus acres. Right. And, wow. yep. you know, they, um, hopefully we'll get it back to using all the campgrounds. So they, yeah. uh, you know, you can see these beautiful overhead pictures at full right. capacity. Um, and that's the goal to, right, uh, right. Get it back at full capacity, right?
1: Well, you know, right. as long as we're touching on that topic, it was certainly a topic I was going to bring up, and we may as well hit on it now. Uh, everywhere I go, you know, people would ask me ever since uh, we sold the WeFest, um, they'd say to me, what happened to it? Why this and why that? And why did they raise the prices so much? And why did they fire? Uh, what's your take on that, Matt? I mean, they were from New Hampshire, Town Square Media. And they bought it uh, for a lot of money and then just used all the sponsorship they had. Oh, here you go, guys. There's an old one. Look at that. (laughs)
0: An old picture of the Wii (laughs) Fest. That is
1: like 84, and we didn't put any grass or stuff down. And you can see the old – we've got other pictures of that that stage. See, as far as you can see on the top of that picture – uh in the mid well two thousands, two thousand five, six, there were campgrounds covering all of that pasture land that you can see in the background. I mean this is still when it was fairly uh small. This might be eighty three. Yeah, look at that the old barn stage. Yeah. Right? That was fun. I uh, kind of missed that stage when they tore it down, but we had to uh we had to come up in the world, that old barn man. It was all wood, and it was neat. I mean, I can't say anything negative about any of it. It was So thanks for bringing that up. And the stage you guys have
0: now
3: is like the equivalent size of a football field, right? Just huge? It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It was, um, it was out at Bonnaroo, uh, if you know that music festival, in Manchester, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so it was out there before. and Yeah, it's it's a monster.
1: It's not <laughs> as long as a football field, but it's wider than a football field. And I think it's about the same amount of square feet as a football field. Sure. It's definitely the largest stage in the nation. And the seats, you know where those seats came from, the box seats? Randy did a deal with uh, when they tore down Shea Stadium in New York. Oh, you're kidding. So those are all the seats from Shea Stadium.
0: That is hilarious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's another great old picture. That's uh, <laughs> that's like, I don't know, I can't is say for UTK? sure. Is that UTK? T.K.? With a 10-gallon up there in the middle of the platform? Um, maybe.
5: Yes, it is. Oh, it is.
0: Well, got his light sticking out and everything. That's <laughs> oh, a great shot.
1: I never noticed that. And is
3: that, so the, the gentleman cool. in his jeans with the shirt off, uh, is that the stagehand that uh, has been there Probably. for years and years? He's been there forever.
1: Forever. There are so many great stage guys. Boy, the stories we could tell about them and, Just the history. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I did it for thirty-five years, and I don't know how many years it's been since I was there. Probably six, maybe seven.
0: I feel like six is the right number.
1: Um, My goodness. Like I said, Matt, we could talk about this. I love talking about the shows, and I love telling some of the stories. And uh, it was such a big part of my life.
3: Well, you were. I mean, the MC at a country show is critical. It, It it is the glue. You know, because um, people, I feel like country festivals versus, you know, if if you go to a, a festival with six stages, right, you're going all, all around all the time and, and kind of picking your adventure. Right, um, right. At a country show, you're looking at that main stage and, and you and want we, to be programmed in.
1: And we had so many activities between acts. All, we had so many sponsors and our sponsorship covered our... Our um, entertainment budget. Our entertainment budget. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> our entertainment. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm budget. paying attention over here. And so we had, like, uh, the Minnesota Lottery, and we do these contests and giveaways, and so it wasn't just introducing the bands. It was like there was a lot going on. And I, I think before I go too further into that, again, I'd like your opinion on what did they do, or is it just obvious what they did?
3: Well, you mean the matter, right? kind of the transition, so. Uh, from face to town square, Is right? That what you're uh, well, I think their model because they're primarily a radio station company. Um, so I think um, figured that they had the the marketing arm built in already, um, and then rolled up some of these festivals. And uh, you know, it's probably I, I think they would tell you that maybe they hadn't uh, figured out the operations um, quite enough, All and right. um, and so that was probably the biggest thing, and I think changed some of the marketing because they had these stations in certain markets um and wanted to market through them that that maybe changed things as well yeah yeah i mean it's you know i it is a a challenging business as you know and and as we as you know i as we were booking our festival through the pandemic um (laughs) you know it's hard to throw anyone under the bus that's uh doing this you know right. that's putting together and, and forgive a festival me,
1: i i probably did sound a
3: little negative no no you weren't i'm, yeah. I'm kind of i'm just saying um you know as i look around it's it's a tough uh, business in general but um yeah right now um you know it, it's as everyone's shifting rescheduling you know had all these tours canceled from 2020 and pushing it off to 2021 it's kind of a jigsaw puzzle right now well right? when you
1: guys took over the festival you came out like geniuses you had no idea the pandemic was coming, but you had no plans of doing a show last year in 2020. Um,
0: yeah, how did how did you? Because I'm curious to know how you made the decision to step in. Were they like not necessarily publicly, but were they advertising that they were interested in selling, or was it something that maybe you and your partnership group decided we're going to approach them?
3: Well, it was really because of the the land, so that that landlord relationship, and so. You know, we, um, when Live Nation bought it from Town Square, um, you know, they had said, as you just said, Tom, that they're going to take 2020 off. And so they knew that. Uh, And then we were having conversations kind of getting to this year um, and, you know, backing up, I guess, to about a year ago um, as to what this was all going to look like. And, and, um, you know, they uh, brought up the idea of working together more. And so, which I think is going to be wonderful because now you've got the landlord who can look very long term, right? right.
0: Um, more security there, right?
3: Yeah, and you can just as we think about improvements. And so we're we're doing a bunch of improvements for 2021, just to the site. Yes, uh, and then we're going to do a bunch more in 2022. Um, and it's great when you can do that as the landlord because uh, you know you you can look out 10, 20 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 so what you're saying is like more risk management played into it and saying, okay, we feel more secure about the vision of the these new partners yeah. and we feel better about investing, reinvesting, I guess, more appor- appropriately Yeah. in the site.
3: Yeah. I mean, you could think of um, the saloon, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember the old ranch house. That's um, on the, the top on the backside of the bowl. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The red building and... It's got a little stage in there, and then it's got, on the outside of it, it's got the barn stage, which is right. kind and of... hand prints, handprints, all the concrete handprints. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. It's cool feature. Yeah, the walk there, kind of the walk of the fame. The walk of fame, yeah. 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 And so that area, for instance... There's he... a guy
0: with really small hands. I think his name was Tomcat. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> right. I put my hand up there. I was like, oh, someone brought their kid. Oh,
1: sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, Lynn Elizabeth.
0: Lynn um, Elizabeth. She wants. I think he wants you to give.
1: I want him you something. to grab my phone. Uh, there's a picture of that on my phone. Yes. Uh a realtor that sold this, this property we're at right now. She was up there and uh, she put her hands in my. Uh, yeah, the only reason my hands are in there in the first place is because one of the artists canceled that day <laughs> or didn't feel like doing it, so they grabbed the next went down and rung on the ladder and grabbed me.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, for a guy that was part of the original founding group and then to host it for 35 years, you'd like to think you had some, you know. Well, you know,
1: I certainly had a lot of fun, and uh, people think it was all fun. There was really a tremendous amount of work that went along with it. Uh, And I'm I'm sure you've heard the expression, Matt, is organized chaos, and it (laughs) certainly was, but it was amazingly organized uh, my sister that lives by you um, in Deep Haven, I, the stagehands have always got binoculars and are always checking out for pretty girls out there. And I That's not up part up, of the operation, right? I picked <laughs> up, uh, I picked up uh, the binoculars, and lo and behold, I hit my sister. I'm like, she was walking around, and she was like, her mouth, her chin was dragging. She couldn't believe the magnitude of that, and... And everyone that you talk to, how do you keep that organized? Well, there's everybody plays their role and everybody takes it serious. A lot of volunteers, a lot of employees, and uh, everyone what is knows that, what they
0: have to do. And, Tom, what does that number? I mean, maybe you know, Matt. What does the number look like? How many people, not counting security, but people that work just for the festival? Oh. To do yeah. the stage and all that stuff. How many people are we talking about?
3: Uh, probably a few hundred <laughs> minus security. With security, yeah. it's probably about 500. Wow. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's and amazing. A, yeah. yeah. And a lot of those are volunteers. The I don't security... know how uh, Town Square Media handle it, but I remember when I was involved, uh, tons
3: and tons of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the food bank and yep. kind of the Boys and Girls Club. Um, and that's a big piece of it as you know tom the the local volunteers that community right um i mean that was i think such a big help for years absolutely that, you know and so we've been very fortunate that a number of the people that worked there years ago are now working at the festival again and then they know everyone locally yeah and so they're just picking up the phone oh,
1: i'm so happy to hear that because uh you know we're gonna have a conversation or will maybe come out to yz and have lunch with you but I am so, like, for instance, uh, uh, Nason, uh, Vicky and Chris Nason. I mean, these people that know that festival inside and out, I'm happy to hear that you're bringing a lot of them back. Because yeah.
0: uh, that was an issue, right, is when the East Coast folks came in, there was less of that local connection. Absolutely. Right? Less, less local partnership, less local um, folks on site. Yep. And that was sort of the rumor mill is that that's why it hurt them Attendance-wise, as much.
3: Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think there was some turnover, certainly. Oh, look at that!
1: Hey, <laughs> I know what the caption says. What year was that? Ninety-four. Ninety-four. The girl, she, the caption on that said that she was the realtor that sold us the property. Yeah. She, where's the party?
3: <laughs> I think you're there. In the VIP. Yeah. What do you think for um, 2021? It's either back to fun in 2021 or get her done in 2021. Ooh. Did they maintain the, the jingle? The slow, well, we're bringing it back. Well, Did they, so,
1: did the town square do that? No. Cause we had the pins and it was our theme. Uh, the year before the year, uh, Ray Charles, I'll tell you a quick story. Ray Charles, uh, God bless him and God rest his soul, uh, was not happy when he was at the We Fest because it was misting out, drizzle and misting, and um, and I'm going to be nice nicer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see you dancing around. Yeah, you I'm say. sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ray Charles said he didn't perform. He came out and play, started playing a song, and then he went out and he wasn't happy because it was drizzling out and the wind was kind of blowing it on stage, and. Um, the next year, or that year, I should say, somebody had taken a Ray Charles bumper sticker and, uh, or his picture, and put it on one of the uh, outhouses. And uh, this isn't as mean as it sounds. It just said "More places to pee in '93." <laughs> 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 so he must have been there in '92, and there weren't enough outhouses. And, and coincidentally, because there was, we built the. Uh, the indoor plumbing—we built that right into the infrastructure—and we had the next year we had uh, uh, indoor plumbing, showers, yeah. toilets, urinals. It was great; people loved it. It's a big feat. Oh man! At a site like that, yes. Yeah, someone just comes every year and they say, "Oh, great, they got bathrooms now." Whew, you have no idea the expense, and um, oh, I have some idea—the yeah. former hammer swinger. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Uh, I I said nothing negative about Ray Charles. He was a great man. It was just a coincidence that somebody did that because they weren't, the crowd wasn't happy that he didn't perform. And he's the only one. Um, There's three acts in all of the years that I did the WeFest that did not perform. Ray Charles was one, and uh, I'll think of the other two, and it was because of rain, serious rain. Yeah we yeah. oh, put that back up.
0: So we just had an infographic, and then, Matt, this is your lineup this year, right? Yep. Sure so is. That is an excellent lineup.
5: I like back to fun in 2021. I yep. think, the, think the back to, back fun,
0: to is fun the Back to fun in
1: 2021?
3: Okay. All right. 32 but, below, they're still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're guys, a thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, as far as local acts, Aaron Grand.
0: Yep, she's great. Shane Martin's really good. Yep. Friends of ours.
3: More females um, in the lineup than, than Could. what's kind of tri- Yeah, yeah, some really, really good.
0: I think that was a whoop coming out of the control room there.
2: <laughs>
0: I think you got the thumbs up there, Matt. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that was always an issue, Matt. Girl power. Yeah, absolutely. You oh, know what the world Picker. needs?
3: Female drummers. Kelly Pickler. <laughs> if, seriously.
1: Kelly Pickler. Yeah. yeah, she's fun. Yeah. She's nuts. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen her show, but she's energetic. She sees what you get. She's energetic. Oh, that's you know, good. I think she's sitting here right now with us. She go, I am a little crazy,
0: <laughs> Matt. I, I'm, I don't know how much you can divulge. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to let all the cats out of the bag as it were, but what can you tell us about the planning that's gone through 2020 to get to what you guys are aiming for this upcoming summer? Cause I think people are going to be excited to hear more about here's some of the things that we're changing or maybe some things we're adding or some things we're taking away. What can they expect when they show up in August.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, there's some, uh, obvious things with, uh, COVID that, you know, probably not your question. This is the boring part, right? But face diapers when they're out there in the bowl, just some, you know, you know, some, um, safety measures will be taken just so everyone feels comfortable and is safe. Um, But we yeah we have some projects. Is this kind of your question? What projects we're working on? Yeah, you mean to the to the site? I just I think that fans
0: felt like the festival changed quite a bit when it changed hands. Yeah, and now you guys are coming back in, and obviously having been involved with it for as many years as you have, you recognize what it needs to be. Yeah. So what should they expect? In I the assume way you're projects? talking
1: about like like bringing back local sponsorship. And
0: well, just the, with the show and like That. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. That is a big deal. So there's a lot of. um a lot of companies locally that uh, were there for years that, that we are going to be bringing back. Um, the uh, workforce, you know, there's a lot of people. So, you know, I went for years before, so this is my first year producing the festival, and um, but I've been going for I don't know how many years, and you just see the same faces. You see the familiar faces when you're walking through the gate or when you're walking through the campground or wherever it is. Yeah. Uh, and I missed that the last few years. I miss Boy. seeing those faces. Um, who's this guy? A, that
1: was a big deal.
3: Uh, <laughs> that's when we did our documentary. You were in it. Tom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I was going to mention that documentary. You know, you PBS... must be on a
3: scaffold cause you got a, yeah, sweet. On. They put us up in the, uh, the lift. Um, uh, I don't know how high that bucket went, but way up and just got the sweetest footage. Um, that was years ago. That was probably 2009 or 10. Uh, and another Tom, he's the, he had the camera. and It was a great show that year, packed. Uh, Who could, was there? Oh, we'd have to look. Two thousand. I should know better than to ask you me know, that because I uh, never remember. No, it was Tim McGraw. Um, I'll, I'll I'll think of all of them, but I remember Tim McGraw was there for sure. Right behind
1: others. you, we have the first twenty-five years.
0: Joe, can you grab that again, please? Of the Wee Fest. Posters. Yeah, we'll bring this out so Matt can see. it. It's I, cool. I don't
1: think there was any put together after that. But this is the first. So I have to reference that once in a while. I have to look because the question comes up quite a bit. And uh, what did, what year did you think you said? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Well, it's not on there. This, not on uh, there. From
3: eighty three to. Look at that. Did you know? So I didn't. I I looked back at some history as i've been doing merle haggard headlined the first three we fests
1: uh i don't think he did all three of them did he merle haggard maybe merle haggard merle haggard he sure did i'll be darned i know he did at least a couple of them but he had the funnest i man. got hung
0: up on uh i got hung up on uh george Strait over there in 85 like ah there's my guy the oh, king yeah. of country music
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is my idol too i mean you know merle if you Merle Haggard had. I got to tell you a quick story. If you don't, this mind. is through
0: 2007. Tom,
1: right? Eighty three through 2007.
3: That's a great poster. I what? It's a you poster put, of all the posters. Yeah. Did
1: Did you put that together? No, the Wefest did. Um, I have all of those posters. Um, oh, I'd love one of those.
3: That's um, That's really cool.
0: Well, I think we can make that happen. We'll figure well, it out.
1: Are you still in contact with Bev up there?
3: I, I have not spoken to her this uh this you we have one of those yeah yeah either way time we'll you know yeah. after the show
0: we'll make it happen we'll make sure you get one matt
3: yeah that's isn't that cool that's great i
1: probably have a ton of old stuff around here that you'd love to see
3: yeah i, I thought it was funny merle haggard 83 because you know if you have a headliner play one year and then bring him back him or her back within the next three years you get scolded on social media. Like right. you, you don't repeat someone for... We did that a at, lot. At least three years now. We had
1: the nitty-gritty dirt band, and sometimes I'd go on stage, i said, say, would you like to see him back again next year? And they go rip-roaring crazy, and so why not? Yeah. Well, it's like being a disc jockey. Well, you can play the same song twice in a night. Um, if they love it so much, do it.
0: You know what's funny is like the seems like the Wisconsin folks, you know, Country Jam and Country Fest... We're always playing off of WeFest Q because you'd look at their the lineup for WeFest, which is always announced earlier, and then you'd see what they were doing because they made the mistake of booking some of the same acts, and their attendance would be lower. I had this conversation with uh, one of the owners at Country Jam because we played there a few times, yeah. and he, would be, he mentioned that they made that mistake of not paying closer attention to what WeFest was doing, and so their attendance would be hurt because people would be like, well, we just saw Blake. We're not going to go – pay a bunch of money to see blake again like oh, they need to have true. somebody different yeah so they yeah. caught on within a couple of years that they were needed to be paying more attention to who their headliners were one so they the weren't owner- doing that you didn't have that crossover yeah. be brad it. and carrie over here and then tim and faith over here and then keith urban and dirks bentley over at the other one kind of thing yeah, yeah. So they seem could. to
1: be imitating us one of the owners of uh and i'm not going to say any names <laughs> of uh country jams used to work for us at the we House. oh you're kidding me no no well, that's not surprising it is what it is. No you learn video. from the best. on um, it, I was going somewhere and got sidetracked, and I don't remember what I was
3: going to say. You know what? Another really cool thing. Oh, about- I was going
1: to talk about Merle Haggard. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, these stories, just any artist you name, I'm going to have a story about him. But he had a gal who was his uh, <clears throat> monitor gal. She was his stage producer. She was his stage producer, and she designed a system that the band sat on. It was like a trough, but it was in a horseshoe shape. And this was a big deal back then. And these guys would sit, their chair would be on this level about maybe a foot high. They'd snuggle into their chair. They'd pull their bottle of Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. They'd sit it down right by their feet. (laughs) And every one of them had one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they'd plug their instruments right into this trough that they had. And she designed this. And I'm sure if anyone's listening, especially her, they're probably going to think, how could anybody possibly remember that? But it was a big deal, and because she was a gal, she really got a lot of notoriety from it, and a lot of other bands started doing something similar. Hmm. But Merle would be in the middle, and these old guys, man, they all looked like they just were so cool, but they all looked like old hobos, and they just were such talented musicians. And they are just pulling on their bottles and just playing the same old songs they played forever. It was really a treat to see. So yeah, you
0: yeah. were talking about projects, Matt, and stuff that well, we uh, for this year.
3: Yeah. First, I, I, I keep going <laughs> back to that poster because you see these names. Yeah. You know, like yeah. George Jones, George Strait. Yeah. You know, when they're real young and they were yeah. like playing down three, four rungs down. There weren't uh, even headliners at that point. Oh right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then kind of making their way up, and then headlining. Remember when Willie played? what's well, like, headliner been like headliner? Maybe it was like 2005. It yeah. had to have played for like three hours. Yeah. Just went and went and went. They'd filmed a movie. I don't know if you're it was that You're not cutting Willie year. off. <laughs> no. You just let him go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he could have charged twice as much you know, for <laughs> that. He did so many
1: encores, if it's the same time you're talking about, because he'd been there a few times, where like the last two encores, he'd, he did like five or six encores. He'd take the strap of his guitar, and his guitar was like 10 feet behind him, and he'd drag it back out on stage. I didn't pull it up and start playing again. <laughs> and one year we uh, filmed a movie at the Wee Fest. It was uh, the Dill Scallion movie, which is a country takeoff on Spinal Tap. Okay. <laughs> and Willie was in it. Henry Winkler was in it. Oh wow! The, uh, the good-looking guy from Nine Hundred Two.
0: I can't look at him like the Fonz anymore. After all his oh, no. recent roles, <laughs> <I'm> just like <laughs> no. uh, he's all this—he's like meek and timid now. <laughs> like that's no, that's not the guy. <laughs> that's not the Fonz. <laughs> right.
1: Anyway, they had some pretty good actors in it, and uh, the movie was kind of a, it tanked, but I got a role in it, and I got my name in the uh,
3: credits, so. And they shot it at Wefest. Oh, yeah. I got to look.
1: at well, The majority of it, it, I've got the, I'm sure I've got the video. I They sent us uh Hollywood uh, premiere. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, cre- uh, one of my tre- credentials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we never went, but. Uh, the Dill Scallon movie. It was, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. So you, yeah. you were seeing something about a documentary.
3: Yeah. So, you know, after going there for how many ever years, um, you just see such fantastic stuff that yeah. I wanted to document it. And, and I, I, you know, had uh, some experience in film and, um, and so put a crew together and, you know, for the three days just traveled around the site, um, you know, gathering whatever footage we could and interviewing folks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We interviewed, uh, so uh, kind of a fun one, Blake Shelton, who will be there this year. Um, you know, so this is 2009. So I assume he was, you know, a couple under direct support. I don't know what, what time he was playing that year. Um, but he, uh, you know, he had a number of these interviews and somehow he like mixed up my words to make it sound like I was Making fun of Trace Atkins? That is Who's dangerous. A monster. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a monster human being for sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, he,
0: like, he's his, as wide as he is tall.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's like, You're calling Trace Atkins a wimp. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'm like, No. I am here to tell you uh,
1: we had Trace Atkins and. Yeah, this uh, is a great story. You're going to like this we one. We had Trace Atkins and uh, Blake Sheldon one year. And I think it's when Blake still had the long hair. And I was standing talking to Trace, and I'm like, my getting a kink in my neck because he's just towering above me. And I said, my <laughs> and my wife is a stage producer. And you're and not like,
0: exactly like short. You're not 5'3". Nah, three.
1: No, nah, I was just about six. <laughs> just about six one with the boots. Give yourself yeah. some credit. <laughs> so I said, uh, Trace, do you mind if I get a picture with you and Blake? Well, Not at all. <clears throat> Not at all. I guess I can't get that (laughs) low. And it was just so funny. Hey, Blake, get your butt over here before I come over there and knock your block off. (laughs) So I'm sorry. I wish I had the picture to show you, but who knows what's going to pop into our heads. Uh, The picture is actually in that other room. And I am doing a pirouette on my tiptoes, standing between those two. And one's way up here and one's still way up here. Having a ball, having you here, Matt. Reminiscing about these old things and seeing what the future holds. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't aware that you actually put together that documentary. I remember the guy that came and interviewed me at my home and took a lot of photos and stuff. And I, I remember Jeff just Jeff Krieger. Did he fo-
0: ask you how much your flower budget was for all the female performers?
1: <laughs> yeah, they Dollars were a sponsor. They were a sponsor, so. That all worked out well. Okay, good. Giving uh flowers to all the
3: uh female performers
1: was certainly a fun thing to do.
3: Um, Thank you, Jill. Yeah, you know, it was fun. You know, met some um some people I still keep in touch with. Um that so there's a group called the Blue Sky Cowboys. Um uh-huh. and I mean just the most diehard fans and they set up so we in the evenings would go around the campgrounds. they. Two of those are the Blue Sky Cowboys. Look at those Is that just girls. by chance? How did you know that? Um, wow, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy on the far so, right? Uh, so he actually, I, he is not one of them. So these two on the left are Blue Sky Cowboys. Okay. Uh, the one second from the right is the father of the one on the far left. Okay. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh. He's got
0: his Jason Aldean Yeah, So it's pack. Chris
3: Kevin. I don't know Chris's dad's name, and I don't know that gentleman. He's got a very nice beard. He kind does have a an impressive clean beard. beard.
1: The guy on the far right looks like the third guy and guitar player in Trick Pony.
3: He's yeah. got stage creds, look at his pass. Hmm. Yeah, so these guys, if you go out there um kind of behind the ranch house, that campground and uh um, Northwoods. Yep. Do you know, Shane, do you know the different campgrounds? Have you, yeah. you kind of know the lay land? Yep. So so if you go down the hill a little bit, um, they've got this massive um, site that they put together with these tarps, and they've got three bars in there. They've got a pole, yep. a, you know, a dancing pole. Yes. <laughs> um, and just throw. An entertainer's pole. <laughs> and just throw the best party. <laughs> yeah. And so I linked up with these guys before, um, we shot that year, the documentary and, um, cause I was just looking for, you know, these different groups to kind of, to film and, um, and they're actually going to now do a little side stage. Uh, we're kind of working on this right now. You're, you're the first to know, Uh-oh. but in the Uh-oh. bowl, so there's the yes. main stage. I knew I'd get something out of you, Matt. I knew it. <laughs> I knew <I'd> <laughs> <a little. laughs> so they're curating. So we got the main stage, uh, the, the barn stage, the ranch house, okay. and then in the bowl, we're trying to do more fun stuff in the bowl itself, you know, right. create more of an ambiance, create kind of this village. And there's this really cool building near uh, the West Gate um, that's like this old, it's called the Trading Post. Right. Um, and it's, it's just been underutilized, this cool old w- wood building.
1: We always had vendors in there. Yeah.
3: And yeah. the last few years, it's just been shut. Yeah. Um, that's sad. It's too bad.
1: Yeah. I remember when we built that.
3: Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, it, it's so cool. And uh, so do like a little stage on the outside, cut a window um, on the side facing the bowl, um, and do just a little showcase. You know, um, you fun. know, during the day, do some showcase local music and create this little village there. So, anyways, these guys are kind of helping me with it.
1: They look like fun. that yeah. all like, oh, they're fun. Those guys look like fun. They look like guys we want to hang out with. They do mm.
0: look like guys you want to hang out with.
5: Here's some more fun.
1: Here's
0: some that's, more fun. That's lots of Speaking fun. Speaking of fun. Not surprising the gal in the middle there's got her phone in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the generation now, right? Document well, She everything. might be taking
1: pictures. Yeah, she might. Yeah.
0: You know that's free promotion you know, for Miller Light. We gotta edit that out. Can you blur that? No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know, you touched on something that we struggled with for years at the WeFest. In the early days, you know, people got there early, you know, before they had uh, before we put in the reserve lawn chair yeah we well, uh, we our first
0: guest if you catch any of that episode with ryan pilgrim he was saying they literally show up the m- friday before the week of the festival right to make sure they could save the space they wanted to camp and it was like we, we always, a week ahead of time
1: we always played the william Tell overture and they'd come flying in <laughs> because they'd want to get their seats right behind Box seats. Oh, at, in the morning when they would the run morning. out. Yeah. Uh, but where I'm going with this is, uh, you know, Somebody's back film in the 80s, for when <laughs> we had a lot of fun and there were things to do. And, I mean, we started that entertainment at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And then people just, you know, I, I've said this to 100 people, you know, as big a music festival as the Wii Fest was and is, it's equally as big a camping event. Yeah. People relish their camping, the fires, the drinking, eating, cooking, all that they do in the campgrounds. And we couldn't pull them out of the campgrounds to save a soul. We tried more gimmicks and more logic to get people to come out and hang out in the campgrounds, you know, specifically to you know During the visit day our vendors. About? During the day? Yeah, we couldn't do it. So it sounds like you might be touching on something because we could never get them out. And we understand, you know, they want to be at their campgrounds, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I would have conversations with people, um, and we'd be talking about the we and I would eventually, throughout the conversation, well, I, I worked there. And they would say, well, what did you do there? And I would look at them, and I would say, I bet you never got out of the campground, did you? <laughs> and they'd laugh, and they'd say, not really. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: Here's a great campground chat.
1: Oh, the campgrounds, man. The campgrounds are such a huge part of the tradition.
0: Miss Jill, do you know anything about Tippy Cup? Maybe a thing or two. How that game is played?
1: Let's go. <laughs> Every Look, once we'd... in a while, an entertainer would want to jump on one of the golf carts and we'd tool around the campgrounds. And the stories and the things that you would see in the campgrounds, a lot of it we can't talk about on because we made a pact that we would not use the F bomb and we wouldn't. Get too dirty on
0: our. We, we're thinking of this podcast in a PG 13. Yeah. Way. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So we we sort of, not that we had to worry about that with you, but with some of our other guests that we have, like the Elk Whisperer, and be like, hey, man, <laughs> i just going to dial back the F bombs for one day. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. no, it is fun. And the vast majority of people camp,
0: as you know. Absolutely. Yeah. What but, a great- I don't know that many people. I mean, it's got to be a tiny percentage of folks that attend the festival that don't actually stay. Yeah. yeah,
1: well, all the all the resorts and all the hotels and motels, they get booked up a year in advance, and uh, right. they just people got to go where they got to go because it got to a point where we didn't have anywhere else to put them, even in campgrounds. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in we had its, overflow campgrounds.
0: In its day, you had to reserve VIP like when you're leaving the previous year, right. To get where you wanted to sit, because that stuff would sell out so fast, and I would imagine hotels are probably the same thing. Absolutely, like we're going to be back here exactly a year from now. Can we have the same room, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. We'll give yep. you a deposit, whatever we got
4: to
3: do. And I think for a lot of people, it's the their annual vacation. You know, yes. they'll oh. come in and they'll be there because VIP. You can come in about a, a week early. Yeah. Um, well, almost. we
1: had it so they could come in on Monday.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: some people would sneak in on Sunday, but they get in on monday if and, they know the on stage host yeah yeah well, <laughs> not really but they uh, had to pay a little extra fee to come in that early yeah and uh they start hitting it and by saturday night they're still hitting it and i'm like
3: whew. endurance
1: i used to party pretty good but i don't think i could have kept up with most of those people
0: <laughs> can i like just jump into this for one second one of the things i love most about WeFest is just the lengths that people go to in campsite prep mm-hmm. and you you know having gone around you are just talking about going around when you did your documentary and that kind of thing it's impressive to see the the people that would get a bunch of their friends and they would just get a bunch of sites that they would stack together and then you'd have yard games and you'd have like stages and all these canopies and lights and even sound equipment for oh, some yeah. people where they throw little after parties and just things like that big it's big lake incredible. sally party i mean you're planning it all year we had um, the, one of the last years that we went, the year before you retired, one of our buddies brought his dually out there, mm. and for two months he did this whole rigging where the entire bed had this rubber liner in it, and he built this contraption, a copper wire, that spooled under this rubber liner and then came out of the truck and then went over into some different contraption that had a pump on it that went into the fire. So water would get heated by the the campfire and then up into this back of his pickup truck and then he had an aerator in there so you got a hot tub. Got a hot tub. That's heated <laughs> by the
3: campfire. Kids, don't do that. <laughs> uh, kids, <laughs> don't
0: do. I mean he's a, this this is uh, Josh Peters, lug nutty a good friend of mine and very smart mechanical guy. I mean really brilliant with this kind of thing that he created this whole deal but yeah, I mean <laughs> as a disclaimer Matt's like don't try this at home. Yeah, but it was so impressive like okay, who brings a hot tub like a homemade hot tub?
3: to we fest well you know it sounds like a smart friend a good friend to have yeah you talk about uh,
1: realities i can't believe someone hasn't done a reality show in the campgrounds at a big festival the camp you might have to make a call
3: crazy well we so this you know documentary has a good amount of footage that uh of that of right Right. and um in case you were wondering (laughs) yeah and you know looking back now i guess i've Shifted gears a little bit now as a producer of the festival, um, you know maybe uh, that I, I would change my documentary a little bit and not show some of the the rowdy stuff. But but it was pretty fun to to follow. <laughs> well, and, don't uh, apologize film. for doing it. Yeah, but, you know the
0: thing that I'll say and, and to credit you and the teams that have worked with WeFest all those years is people could go and they could let their hair down and they could get crazy and it was always a safe environment we very rarely saw incidents of anything that needed to be of concern. It was always just people, even in situations where people maybe have a few too many drinks, you always had the friends there to kind of corral them, okay, let's get them some water and lay them in their sleeping bag or whatever. Yeah. It's just that, 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 like you said, that year yearly week they would plan ahead where they could just go and just forget about the world for a weekend, enjoy great country music, and an unbelievably uh, well-put-together festival.
1: Thousands and thousands of people, fifty thousand
0: people a day. Here we go. Here's an example of that right now.
1: Thousands and thousands of people. That was their vacation, like Matt alluded to. They took that week off as their vacation, and they get out there. It's going to be this again this year, Matt. They couldn't see that. Going to be stacking them in there. I wonder who that is on stage. Look at that great picture.
3: I think look at that box seat area. That might be FGL actually, who are they're playing this year too, Florida Georgia Line yeah the production is nice like incredible. guys,
1: just mm-hmm. two nice guys. the big Miller Lite deals on the side. Lynn, if you can find that photo of uh nineteen eighty four what the uh box seats looked like with the fencing around it, the box seats were really small back then, yeah, um real small um, just some folding chairs and everything was built with wood and no concrete
3: did uh, you? Did you also MC? So there was a couple other events for, for some years oh, in there. Oh, yeah. We did had you... some really great events there. Freedom
1: Fest. We did Freedom Fest, which is a 4th of July festival. And we would pull in thousands of people. It was a 4th of July deal. But it always depended on which day the 4th of July fell on. If it fell on a Thursday or a Friday or a Saturday or even a Sunday, you know that. People thought, but if it fell on a Wednesday, it was kind of an iffy crowd because they didn't know. Some people take the week weekend before, but it got so huge, Matt, that uh, the city council in Detroit Lakes, uh, they wanted us to stop it. They wanted because they'd flock in from everywhere. We had great old rock and roll bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I can remember the Beach Boys being there in America.
0: So it wasn't a country thing. It was no,
1: it was a Fourth of July celebration, and we had some people like Fourth of July. Oh, it, the city of Detroit Lakes could not handle the influx of people uh, that came to that.
0: And then we did the... Uh, well, yeah, they're just recovering from that, and then We Fest
1: starts, right? Then we did the Weed Fest, oh, 10K. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think we had the Grateful Dead there the first year we did was it. Was that in Colorado? <laughs> no, it was right there at the <laughs> Sioux Pass Ranch. And it lasted first. There's the box seats. Now, the box seats are to the left. And to what's the, the right with the, is just general admission. What's and, the yellow shirts? What are those about? You know who those people are? No. That's the Moron Tabernacle Choir from the Hogs Breath. Are oh, you kidding me? John Anderson, oh, you know what they're doing breath. right there? They're doing, that's me in the middle. They're doing the swinging routine. Look at the shorts
0: on that guy on the far left. Wait, where are you? I'm right He's in, the, in middle. the middle with the ball cap, with the pink <laughs> <Really>? shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a great the beard. What Which are shorts are you talking about?
0: On the far left, the guy in the white shorts. Is that a guy?
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, runner. maybe uh,
1: your angle is different than mine.
3: Yeah, no, I see him with the glasses. Those are like 50s basketball well, you know, shorts. Those, 19, are pretty, uh, those are pretty short shorts.
1: 83 or 84, but <laughs> that's the whole, we had the whole crew up forever from the Hog's Breath. And every time John Anderson came on stage, I mean, he loved the Wii Fest more than any show we ever did because I would get that whole crowd doing the – it's a routine that we used to do in the clubs to swing in, yeah, We'd clap our hands and just to swing and and it was funny and some people made it X-rated. Uh, oh boy! Yeah. Well, it's the hog's
0: <laughs> breath. You have to expect that. I yeah. think.
1: Oh my goodness, those are great old photos. So that was '84, you think? Um, I think that one was '84. There's John Anderson, John Anderson, Hank, Hanky Panky, uh, yeah. Big Steve, Tom, yeah.
5: Your badge said Alive in 85 for that photo.
1: Oh, it was. Oh. So that was 85. You know that sweet voice that you all keep hearing once in a while? That's my wife, Matt. I know you met her. Lynn. Today is her birthday. (sighs) She's 30. She's 30 years old. (laughs) Lynn, why don't you come on out? It's only appropriate that she comes out and says Hello. Because for 20 years, Lynn was the stage producer of that whole massive event. And I got to tell you, the acts, even the hardcore grizzly acts, at, you know, Road Warriors, they loved her because she wasn't like any stage producer they'd ever met. You know, everyone's cracking the whip, and she was so kind and obliging. And I'm telling you, the guys, that they'd look at it, she's a stage producer? I say, yeah, isn't she sweet? Kill them with kindness.
0: Yes, she is, and she's, she's gonna married. She's going to into the picture. <laughs> Here she is. Here's Lynn. This is my
1: beautiful bride, Happy Lynn birthday. Kitty.
0: Can you move that mic over between the two of yeah? you? Just swing it over your shoulder there, Tom. There
1: you go. Hi, honey. Hello. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Are we singing? No. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to,
0: to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday,
1: dear Lynn. Happy birthday, birthday you. You.
4: happy birthday to you. you. Wow. <laughs> we,
1: we're, get, we're getting good at this because everybody in my family and her family that has a birthday, she, she's a great singer. We sing to each other. We sing happy birthday. We call them up and start singing, belting it out. Lynn used to sing the National Anthem at the We Fest. Right on. I did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we can't share that same story because if you want to hear the story about her and the Oak Ridge Boys and the National Anthem, you got to watch episode. It. The first oh, really? episode, was it yeah. the first episode? First one with Ryan, yeah. Yeah, we had a fun deal.
3: Did they sing it with you? No, was it was Heidi. It was the second episode with Heidi. Second episode, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, it was a good
4: experience. Uh, had fun, learned a lot.
0: Is that yeah, what we're supposed fun. to say?
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is awesome.
4: Well, I can't believe it. It it. It
5: was a, a lesson in humility, maybe? I don't know.
1: Lynn's, you know, we have pictures of her uh, singing the national anthem. I forgot the words. She was in a, she was oh, right in the middle crazy. of it. We I, had the I color guard that. out there. <laughs> I I'm, I'm back there with my hat on me and she all of a sudden just stops. Just and I realize she's having a brain fart and I'm back there going by the dawn's early light. You know, I'm just and she's just starting to giggle now. Now the whole crowd's laughing. And all of a sudden she kicks back in and she finishes the song and I'm telling you I never heard anybody get such a huge Response and round of applause for singing the National Anthem. So that night, Oak Ridge Boys are headlining, and Joe Bonzo, which is kind of the lead singer, they're singing Elvira. And right in the middle of Elvira, he stops singing. And the band is looking at him, and the crowd's looking at him like... He couldn't
0: have forgot the words.
1: There's no way. And he's like, You know, I just wanted to make that gal that sang the National Anthem feel a little better. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. Isn't that cool? That's really cool.
3: I mean, what a professional he was. (laughs) He was a professional. Look at there. Yeah. Good for you for finishing it, though. Who's that? For staying on and doing it. It's funny.
5: You know, I sang the National Anthem in high school. I mean, almost my whole life. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I can't even hear you. And uh, for me to just, I just just froze for a second. And, And it was fun. And funny, and like I said, a lesson in humility. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Good that's for funny. me. And the crowd responded well. So that was well, last, to everyone. That was my last year singing the national them <laughs> as well. But that's okay. <laughs> then I took over the uh, doing stage, stage producer. producer. So how
3: many years were you the stage producer?
5: <sighs> I don't well, know. I always like, say
1: twenty, but it might have been a little I, bit less somewhere.
5: I think it was around twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, I certainly remember. Seeing you buzzing around with yeah. your headset on. Yeah. Oh,
1: it was fun because I had an earpiece, and she had access to it. And all of a she went, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking, I'm just starting to laugh. And no one knows what I'm laughing about. But she never quite, you know, she's a perfectionist. And when she does something, you know, she does it as well as it can be done. I don't know if i I should probably get closer. Yeah, than you're I good can. there. Yep. And like for instance, she's a school teacher now. She's won two governors' award, teacher of the year in her district. Uh, she's won all these different awards. I mean, she, whenever she does anything, she does it as well as it can be done, and that's just her nature. Okay. And Good. these guys, these hardcore. He uh, uh, might
0: be trying managers. to get a date with you. I, I know, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it it is her birthday. It is her, birthday. it is her birthday. It is
5: her birthday. I think. That we should go back to talking about all the wonderful things that are happening this year. Wait,
0: I didn't get to share a fun Lynn story oh. yet. Is that okay, Matt? Come yeah, on, no. I want to hear it. <laughs> so uh, one of the years that we were there, Tom uh, was generous enough to give Emily and I backstage passes. It was actually the summer that we got married. And uh, so we had these backstage passes and we're hanging out and stuff. And um, one of my idols growing up was Kenny Rogers. Yeah. And Kenny was playing the festival that year. So, so excited to be there and have Kenny play. And the fact that we were getting this extra perk of being able to go backstage and stuff was a lot of fun. Well, my wife and I, my lovely wife, who's not here for me to stroke her ego. um, But anyway, so we're walking sort of by the side stage and Lynn sees us. And I'm not paying attention to what the lineup is. She knows what the lineup is. And she must have had some kind of conversation with Tom because I'd been glowing about Kenny forever. And she's waving at us. She's got her headset on and her clipboard and all that. She's waving us over. And we're like, okay. So we go over there. She's like, come up here. So she brings us up on the side stage. And we're standing essentially where the monitor board is, right at the the side of the stage. And I'm, you know, 20 feet from center stage. And the next act is Kenny Rogers. And he comes out. And they set a stool out for him. And he sat there on that stool and did his whole set from the stool. And my jaw was on the floor. Probably, and I'm going to share this. You know, the public's going to know now. But minimum two times, I got teary-eyed. Yeah. just listening to him sing and all that. I was it's like, okay, for men to cry. Yeah. Now yeah. I was like, <laughs> someone could push me down the stairs now. I don't need to live anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> I've done it all now. That's it. Check it off. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's just the most unbelievable thing. So I'm grateful that you did that. Aww. Just I've never forgotten it. Emily's never forgotten it. And that's what an awesome experience it that's was.
5: Really, so. that's really what it was all about for Tom and I. Is just making those experiences for friends and family. Um, oh. just to just because
0: and he's not with us anymore you because know? we
5: got to work there and it was exciting it was exciting work but it was work to do you had to get yeah. things done and if you could make someone's moment you know their day their whatever that was really The important.
0: culmination of that set was him walking off stage and Tom coming out to make announcements and that kind of thing and Ken, yeah. Kenny walks right over to him and just wraps the arms around him. they embrace yeah. and give each other a big hug and I was like he knows Kenny Rogers <laughs> Like, he didn't go to him and extend his hand. Kenny walked right to Tom and wrapped his arms around him. I was like, you're the coolest person I ever met.
4: <laughs>
0: Lady. Like, he must That's be Burt Reynolds or something. <laughs> That's
3: neat.
5: That's neat. That oh, your fun.
3: night and shining armor.
1: Right. Exactly. His voice. <laughs> oh, yes. He was such a cool guy. Yeah. My
5: goodness. All right. Back to business, boys. <laughs>
1: All right. Okay. all right. Why don't you two talk for a minute? You know, I have to whisper something into my wifey's
0: ear.
3: Sure. That sounds good. Let's so, talk.
1: So,
0: Matt, um, what are you doing in the – I mean, t- ticket arrangement all staying the same. They just go to the website. And they can book their tickets.
3: Yeah, all same, okay. um, the same, WeFest.com. Okay. The You know, there's one big change to the GA area, okay. uh, which is pretty cool. So I think for, for years, um, a lot of – people in ga standing back there felt like they couldn't get close enough to the stage yes and so we've now it's quite
0: a ways back to where that that fencing is yeah
3: so we've opened up a new section so they can get 200 feet closer wow yeah so it's I, and that's that's uh, an important um part of this festival what we're doing is to kind of provide a all-around experience for everyone and yeah. um and so that was a big, I think, a, a big missing piece was that access getting closer to the stage.
1: Can you explain that again, Matt? I was talking to Lynn.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, really... so the east side of the, uh, yeah. of if you're um, looking at the stage. By the stage, walkway down there? Yeah, kind of yeah. close to the yeah. walkway. Like if you remember The lawn
0: chair or whatever that is?
3: Yeah. So, yeah, there's the two lawn chair sides. Yeah. Um, and so the center mix, if you're here, there's the east Lawn chair side, the west. Yep. The east lawn chair side is now going to be GA, so you can get good. 200 feet closer. Good, good, good. And, then, and we're going to do a big deal. more lawn chair on the west side. Wow.
1: Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we instituted the reserve lawn chair, it's obviously everything's about making money so you can pay for the acts and so on and so forth. But it really put a damper on the general admission um, they got pushed back so far. We would play the William Tell Overture, and no one would rush in mm-hmm, because. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is that Keith Urban? That little ant up there? <laughs> if if I think if it were my show, and I was just starting up again, this is certainly stuff we'll talk about in the future. But uh, I would eliminate all of the lawn chairs, and there might be people listening saying, "No, don't you dare do that." But. It was the energy level from the general admission people to be able to be right at the back of the box seat area. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I would go mm-hmm. out there and I would do giveaways to the general admission, uh, bring the mic out and interview people, and they had a lot of energy. And boy, a lot of the energy just went away because of that. Yeah. And you know, and at the same time, I understand we have to make you have to make money doing it. Yeah. And
3: yeah, and I think that this way that's. So-
1: a good start
3: yeah so the the west side will still be plenty of lawn chairs and that's the lake sally side right right and so i you know i think more people from lake sally are in the lawn chairs more people from viking the east side viking blue ox all that yeah they're they're kind of rushing in yeah and so from that side they can rush in and get a lot closer to the stage
0: what's the the ground that's outside of viking the further out that east side eagle eagle and then there's hilltop Hilltop, yeah, Hilltop's like the furthest away, right?
1: No, uh,
4: it,
0: it, yeah,
1: Hilltop. Geographically, there was something oats, oat, oat something Oatfield. Well,
3: oatfield is if you're, but on, you can cut right through, and if you're on the stage, oatfield is like Viking center huh? center right. Yeah, um, Hilltop. So if you're looking off from the stage, you go straight ninety right. degree, and that's kind of where Viking Eagle Hilltop are. Right, yeah. right. And so Hilltop has been the one, sadly, last couple of years, haven't had to use it much, yeah. but that's our goal to expand all the way back there. Woodchuck. That's now for helicopter rides. You, that, oh, nice. You go grab the heli there and fly. Are over. you going to do a
1: helicopter? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We did that in, uh, in the early 80s. We started out with a helicopter. Yeah. Which reminds me of a Hank Williams Jr. story. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I was thinking of Woodchuck camp- Campground. It was oh, kind yeah. of an overflow deal. Yep. Uh, Hank Williams, Jr. gets out of the helicopter. Uh, we had a guy f- named Pablo who used to fly, fly that helicopter, a friend of ours from South America. And uh, he went and picked up uh, Hank, Jr. at the uh, airport in, in Fargo. And brought. we had a landing pad over by Highway 59 on the west side. Landed. Hank, Jr. jumps out of that helicopter runs down into the ditch up to Highway 59 and jumps into a highway patrol car. And this guy's like, what in the world are you doing? He was real paranoid. Uh, I don't know what he was doing that day, but, Funny. you know, Hank used to like to break all the rules. Uh, and he jumped in and he says, take me backstage. I'm Hank Williams Jr. Take me back. So he did. And he got out of there and he kicked the door closed. And he's just a ornery son of a gun. <laughs> Funny. Doing the craziest stuff. And I'll never forget that show. Tearing off his shirt, jumping on his piano, shooting his muzzle loader. And he grabbed his keyboard player, he grabbed him by the shirt and threw him off the stool. And he sat down. He's nuts. Funny.
3: (laughs) You know, I went up in a two door heli uh, in Somerset. It was during a festival, um, a rock festival, and went up with a photographer. Um, and I wanted to make sure he was comfortable. It was one of those, those two doors, three seater, mm-hmm. and and the photographer's like, "Oh yeah, no problem." We, uh, you know, I used to tour with Metallica. I'd be hanging off bridges, getting these <laughs> shots, and I'm like, all right. And we went up, and um, he was white as a ghost. Like he, <laughs> this thing, because have you ever been in a, just a little two door no. helicopter, no, they're shaky. They're well, very they very shaky, and yeah, he was not having it. He got his footage. Like it so all worked out.
1: When you were in uh, Riverful, uh, uh, Somerset, you were working with a couple of the Mon Pettic cousins?
3: Well, no. So they they used to do stuff there.
1: Yeah, we did something with them. We had Alan Jackson, Restless Heart, Eddie Rabbit. Okay. Uh, it wasn't the float ride park, but it was another. So that, And one of those guys uh, is a big bear hunter. Yeah. And we actually used to bear hunt together up in northern Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Where are we jumping back to one of our first conversations? What was the park called that you were at, the piece of property?
3: Well, yeah, so it was float right, it was a, like tubing right across the right. way. And then up the road a little way is River's Edge. River's Edge, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but our so our venue is called Somerset Amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the bear hunting. I, I learned stories quickly. I saw this uh, movie, kind of this, uh, you know, home movie of this boy shooting his first bear out of a tree, and the part I don't get is, I think they would bait it with jelly donuts. Oh gosh, yeah, which, frosting syrup. <laughs> oh yeah, which doesn't seem like much sport to me. It, it, you know, excuse like, me. Okay. you guys keep talking?
0: Yeah. Uh, you take your headset off, there, TK. <laughs> So you're saying with the bears?
3: Well, yeah, they'd put throw jelly donuts in the woods, I think, so then the bears would kind of know where to go, and, and then they'd come back and chase it up a tree. Um, yeah, so all species sometimes are
0: legal for baiting and sometimes not legal for baiting. Yeah. And so, like Minnesota, you can bait bear, Yeah. Um, but you can't bait deer. Okay. Or, like, you go across the border of Wisconsin, it's legal to, to bait deer. You can put a pile of corn down, it's totally fine.
3: So that, that to me, didn't seem that difficult. Like, I could see when you go out with a bow and – and you're shooting kind of the the hunt of it, kind of the sport of it? Yes. Speaking from
1: experience, and
3: I've had a lot of it, uh,
1: most, in my opinion, most
3: uh, bear
1: hunters do harvest them with a bow, especially if you're using bait because you're only shooting them at 15 yards. Uh, some people prefer to use a, a firearm. Okay, okay. And uh, in Wisconsin, they can use hounds, yeah. dogs, and a lot of them do. It's a big deal in Wisconsin for uh about 5 years I was the vice president of the North American Bear Foundation so we had benefits and we had banquets in Wisconsin, Minnesota and other places around the United States and that's a big deal in Wisconsin so forgive me if I had just interrupted but I, I uh I I know how great they're
3: well they've got these trucks that yeah, the they home. take the bed out yep. and then they stack yeah the, these little steel cages for the hounds and and then the truck the hood has got fabric on it with the chain yep that they i had never seen anything it looked like mad max
1: it's real red isn't it (laughs) and you swear those guys god bless them there are you'd swear you're in the hills of tennessee uh they're a rare breed them guys those hound the hound guys in wisconsin i know a lot of them boy i tell you
3: i think uh a rule should be instituted uh so I see these bears here. Yeah, they have to stuff it in the position that it died. That's a that's a pretty cool rule. It's a good idea. Just an idea. I like
1: it. What was the rule? You
3: got to stuff the bear in the
0: position in which it died. Oh, so if it was you know like he said up in a tree or if it was standing or laying down or whatever. All right,
1: forgive me for jumping around here, but I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and since we we're on the topic, uh, Shane, I know what a huge fan you are of Kenny Rogers, and I want you to know that I've been planning on giving this to you. Kenny Rogers signed this, and he gave it to me, and his signature is right there alongside of his logo, and this is now yours. What? Wow! Yeah, I think I have an autograph photo of him as well, and uh, <laughs> there he is. And- That's the
0: most amazing thing anyone's ever given me. Thank you very much, brother. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And uh, That's saying a lot. He's got three kids. <laughs> I have four kids. <laughs> He's got four kids. We have four. Four kids.
1: Yeah, if, if I can find that kids. Uh, autographed Kenny Rogers photo, I'll get wow. you that, too, and you can make a little box, you know, a little shadow box, and put them in there.
0: That's incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I love it. Thank you.
1: I knew you'd appreciate that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. Well,
0: we uh we do need to be respectful of Matt's time because he's got places to be and people to see and all that stuff. So we do got to Matt, I got to get a break.
1: I could sit here for hours just talking with you and drinking whiskey. And drinking whiskey. <laughs> sipping whiskey. Yeah. A guy from my church said, "What are you doing drinking booze?" I said, "We're not drinking booze. I said, "We're just sipping on whiskey." Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's good whiskey. Sipping whiskey.
0: So Matt, uh wefest.com for folks? Yes. And I assume all types of tickets are available to VIP everything now?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah,
3: everything's available. WeFest.com. Okay, wonderful. You
1: know, Matt, before we cut you loose, and I know you've got a plane to catch in the morning, um, is there anything that you want to add to this conversation and uh, maybe uh, something you want to tell the folks about? Without right? an F-bomb? You
3: know, <laughs> you know what I was just thinking about? When Lynn and you were talking about Kenny Rogers, Yeah, I was thinking about a... Um, a, a very uh memorable moment with you remember joey and rory
4: oh yeah
0: yes
3: i, nah, I might, whole start, story I might is, start crying yeah that's a really sad story yeah and um it was right after we actually had interviewed you tom and right. uh and then we got a number of their songs um and my wife and i will often go back and and look at that but uh that for whatever reason and whatever reason I'm telling you now, but it was one of my more memorable WeFest experiences, being able to hang out with them for the day. Those two
1: people are... There's not enough superlatives for me to express how much I love those two people. You know, they came, they knew that Lynn was a stage producer and I was a stage host, and they knew we were married, and that was so cool to them. They sought us out, and we spent just a bunch of time with them backstage, just talking yeah. And they were yeah. so kind, gentle and caring. Two of the greatest Christians I've ever known. Yeah. I mean and as you may or may not know, Joy Joey died here probably two years now. Mm. Oh,
3: it's longer than that, isn't it? Uh could be. I think it's been quite a bit quite a bit now. Yeah, maybe a little longer and, and they they um you know shared a there lot. There they with, are Joy Joey uh, and Rory. Oh, and hers was a was brain specific cancer? I think it was brain, and, and they shared a lot of it online. I'm not, they I don't, don't use Facebook, but my wife kind of followed it, you know, passionately.
1: That woman, like my wife, um, it, as beautiful as she is outside, uh, she was just as beautiful inside. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable.
5: But well, the thanks. love that he had for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. they were almost, you know, they had that big hit and they were because Cheater 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 cheater, cheater. they were they were always embarrassed to play it because it was just a fun thing they put together and everyone knows them Uh, like the Bill Gaither gospel they were regulars with Bill Gaither and (laughs) yeah they're devout Christians devout Christians and uh, they were almost embarrassed to play that song yeah yeah. they always made an excuse for it it was a great song Uh, oh my goodness
0: that's right well matt thank you very much for joining us Uh, it's been a real honor to get to spend some time with you and talk about this big project you've got going thank you Uh, i hope that we can have you back again down the road sounds Um, good talk maybe maybe, after the uh, festival talk a bit more about how things went and what the plans are for 2022
1: yeah shane maybe we'll uh, get a camera up there and uh do some video of uh, the show and do it on another one of our podcasts and and invite the uh folks to see some of the action up at the WeFest. Yeah, that'd be fun. That that'd would be, be cool. fun. Well, folks, stick around, because
0: coming up right after the break, we are actually going to continue the WeFest conversation. Matt's got to go, unfortunately, so he will have his whiskey and go. Uh, but, Tom, am going to go back into the annals of your brain and uh-huh. get into the WeFest origin story, talking about its uh, foundation and how it went from where it was to uh, the monster you that now Matt is
1: running. You know, I was going to bring it up when you were here, Matt, and I, I know we got to cut you loose, but I was going to talk about the very – origins of the we fest you know we weren't going to do the we fest in detroit lakes save
0: it for after the break tom i'll tell you that river story. falls right yeah <laughs> yeah
1: you knew that stick Their around tidbits.
0: folks right after the break boots and backstraps is proudly brought to you by homes by Shane. making your move with the homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience that level of service is the foundation of this remax results referral-based business our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. If you would like to sponsor the Boots and Backstraps podcast or you have an interest in joining our team, send us an email to bootsandbackstrapspodcast@gmail.com. gmail.com. Welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. TK. Hey. Welcome back, sir.
1: Man, that was a fun, fun interview with Matt. Yeah, it was. You know, and forgive me if I, I don't know, I like sharing some of those stories. Yeah. But I didn't want to dominate and uh, take away from our guest. Uh, he's a great guy. And I, during the break, folks, we were talking about what a great guy Matt is. Just right, right. A nice, kind, and. Obviously very bright guy. Very bright and uh, even-tempered. I don't know how that's going to work at the Wii Fest because everyone that worked there and owned it was crazy. <laughs> well, we could see from
0: all the photos that he clearly knows what he's getting himself into because he's been there a few times. Oh, yeah. So. yeah.
1: Well, that was fun. Now, you said There's, his
0: family's owned that ranch since 85.
1: I think it was 85 that his dad, Ray Methune, uh, bought the ranch. And, uh, and that's where the and, festival's held. And that's where it's held. Yeah. And I couldn't quite, you know, we could have asked Matt. I don't, he owns probably the VIP campgrounds behind the stage, the Northwoods and maybe even Lake Sally, but the, a lot of the other campgrounds, we always rented out from the local farmers and sure. uh, uh, the landowners that were up there. Yeah. And, uh. As I understand, that hasn't happened now for several years because the festival got so small. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm confident. I'm confident that uh, Matt and uh, Live Nation are going to take that to where it used to be.
0: Well, I know he was very timid about talking about how the festival sort of took a dip in the last five or six years. Yeah. Um, after the sale and what they want to do, and, and it's it's okay. He's he's trying to be respectful and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I was but trying the good to be news respectful is, is too. We don't have to be. This is our podcast. Yeah. We can be. We can be more real. I think with our audience because they want us to be more real. So right. the truth of the matter is, is when the last year you did the festival, it was fifty plus thousand people a day.
1: Sixty thousand.
0: In the last year that the festival was held, which was twenty nineteen, it was barely fifteen thousand.
1: Right. And when our first year. In 1983, I think we had—I want to say the number jumps out at me—is 25,000, maybe it's 20,000, uh, maybe it was closer to 20,000 people. But that was huge for us. I mean, we had Alabama.
0: That's huge for anybody in
1: 1983. Yeah, and we owe Alabama so so much of our success because they took a flyer on us. I mean, we were just a bunch of guys that didn't know what we were doing and. We kind of knew what we were doing. but Well,
0: let's – yeah, so the, just to kind of kind of bring the audience back in here, what we teased before the break was that we were going to get into sort of the WeFest origin story right. and talking about how this concept of the We Fest came to life and how it's grown over the years and evolved and maybe some of the changes and fun stories that you have to share – getting to where it was when you left five or six years ago. Well,
1: you know, uh, it started, uh, as everyone knows, in 1983. But you know what spurred it? Uh, Jeff Krieger, Binky, had Binky Productions in the Twin Cities here. And uh, I think we have a picture of Jeff and I on stage that we maybe have already shown already, but maybe not. Sure. Anyway, Jeff, do you remember the Us Festival? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was just watching some footage of it on television before we came out here to do the podcast, Mm -hmm. and, uh, well, that was a huge deal. That was a worldwide deal, and Jeff's like, he's an ambitious young man, and he's like, I got to do something like that. Well, country music was just really killing it at the time. Um, Alabama, you know, the early 80s, 1980, Alabama came on the scene. And they rocked it, man. They broke some of the Beatles records. <laughs> um, these guys were huge. And I said, you know, I told Jeff, I said, if we can get Alabama up there.
0: But how did, I think we're getting ahead of it a little bit. Okay. How did you even come up with the idea of let's do a country music festival on this raw piece of dirt with this tiny red barn?
1: Like, how did we okay, get to I'll that? Okay, I'll go back to that, uh, that part of the story. Yeah, because I so don't Jeff even know that. wanted to do a show.
0: Okay. And, and he said, Tom, let's I do a show t- up north.
1: I was Putting a bid on a, a club out in the country in River Falls, Wisconsin. Okay, and I was going to the township council at the time talking about uh, the club that I wanted to build, and Jeff at the same time was perking them for uh, doing the Wee Fest in River Falls in the township yes. out in the country, right down the road from where the club was. So we were working together on that, trying to. They didn't want nothing to do with it. Uh, The city, uh, not the city of River Falls, the township of River Falls uh, did not want a big festival in their backyard. And quite frankly, when you look back, you know, God was looking after us and. They really didn't have we had no infrastructure. We're going to start on a bare piece of dirt. The town of River Falls only had two motels at the time, small motels. And, you know, it may have only been one. There were no um, resorts.
0: No lodging at all. There
1: was, everyone would have had to have camped. So ultimately, as it turns out, uh, we had our second choice was Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. There was already a stage built there. They had tried a little music show the year before in 1982. wasn't successful. And here we are. I'll never forget the first time I went to Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It was on the 4th of July in 1982. It might have been 81, but I think it was 82. And I'm like, we're driving past the lake, uh, Detroit Lake, and I thought it was transported to Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) It was the 4th of July, and my friend and one of the owners, Terry McCloskey, had a beautiful, uh, he and his girlfriend had a beautiful cabin up there just west of uh, Detroit Lakes. So we're up there just to celebrate the 4th of July, and I said, what is going on here? College students from all over the country would go to Detroit Lakes, Minnesota for the 4th of July. And I'm like, really? And then they showed me a Playboy magazine. Every year they would list the top 10 places in America to go for the 4th of July. And here, every year, Detroit Lakes was number two. Coney Island was evidently number one. Okay. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, there's the colleges up in Fargo-Moorhead. You know, there's Bemidji. There's all these colleges in the area, and they just unloaded. There were thousands of people, and I was like, wow. And so Terry said, well, I think we're going to maybe try and do the Wii Fest up here. And I said, I like that idea. Where did the name Wii Fest come from then in that conversation? <laughs> in the interview, in the uh, documentary that we were talking about, Terry at one time told me and I don't know if he's just pulling my leg, but I thought it was because of worldwide entertainment. And Jeff after the documentary came out, he says, Where did you get that? And I said, McCloskey told me that. He said, That's not how we got the name. Jeff coined the name We Fest because of the Us Fest. The Us Festival that was going on. So we they were doing the Us Festival, we were doing the We Festival. Interesting. Okay. And that's the story. Um so then you guys
0: made the decision you're going to give it a go at, in Detroit Lakes. Right. And it's you and Jeff and Terry at that point?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I was Jeff Krieger, the president, founder. Uh, Terry McCloskey, our attorney, owner. <laughs> Someone might kick me for saying this, but Joe Sosinski. I, <laughs> does that name ring a bell? Joe Sosinski, the hey. original mat- mattress factory? Yes. Um, he was there... He was part owner in the beginning, okay, and uh, we won't say what happened after that. And then, uh, oh, she'll kill me for drawing a blank on her name. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, then <laughs> Elizabeth, Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Sparks. Yeah, Cheryl
4: Sparks.
0: Yeah, and
1: that was it. And, and myself, you know, I, I this this gives me a great opportunity to correct something. Uh, last week, our guest referred to me. As one of the owners, and I am not, never was an owner. One of the promoters, one of the founders, uh, worked hard for 35 years, but I did not have an ownership. I stage. was never an owner, no. Okay. And uh, <laughs> we had just built in '83 a club in River Falls, Wisconsin, so I had no money in, to invest in the uh, WeFest. You did have
0: talent, as it turns out, because they, you know, they uh, hired you and you worked the stage or the on-stage host for 35 years.
1: You think I had talent, yes, of course, well, I appreciate that i uh I think I was just up there winging it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's that's what gives you talent. you know the yeah. mark of a good m c is not a guy that can go up there and read a script. it's someone that can go up and read their read the crowd, go with the flow, and be entertaining despite all the different changes and things that are happening when you're putting putting on a show
1: say Lynn, can you go into my phone and uh this is uh there's Jeff. I got a bow tie on. I don't ever remember wearing a bow tie. <laughs> Whoa. Jeff was fun. I just talked to Jeff today.
0: Do you think you could hold that microphone any lower? I'm not thinking you can. That might be the very bottom of it.
1: <laughs> Looks like it.
0: You see the way people hold microphones now where they're
1: strangling. Yeah, and they put their hand the up head here. Yeah, the head on the yeah, head and, on thing. Uh, the, sound, the sound booth goes crazy when they do that. Yeah. Instead of, in my phone, uh, Lenny, what was it? What were we talking about? What did I wanted you to find? What were we just talking about? You There's were going to tell her
0: what to look for, and then she found these pictures for you.
1: Um, I just spoke Cheryl Jeff- Sparks.
0: We were talking about
1: uh, something else, but that's just the way it goes. Jeffrey uh, wants to come on the show, so well, we I'd have the have new him. owner, and then we'll have the original owner on the show, and we'll talk more We Fest again. Uh, it'll be fun. He's a character, and he's got a new, new line. He'll he'll talk about his new product now that he's put a put a franchise on.
0: All right, so TK, yes sir, you got your group of people, and they throw some capital in. They got you in there as a, a consultant and co-founder and that kind of thing. And you decide we're going to do the Wee Fest, and it's going to be in Detroit Lakes. Yeah. What's next? It's entertainment, right?
1: Yeah, and I'll go back. I'll take you back a step. Okay. Um one of the reasons I was doing it is because of the Rowdy Cowboy Show. Right. You know, I had a very successful show in the Twin Cities, uh, the Tomcat Rowdy Cowboy Show at the Hog's Breath and Alligators and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, no one, Jeff. Many a limes were stuffed into pants. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to figure out that one on your own. Yeah, we'll tell that Many story in a different show. <laughs> were stuffed into pants. Well, nobody, Jeff, Terry, um, Cheryl, not, Joe, none of them know anything about country music, and that was my forte. I mean, Right. So that's one of the reasons they wanted me involved is because of my knowledge of country music, and I knew who we should get and who we shouldn't get. And uh, so that was one of the reasons uh, I was part of the Wii Fest at the beginning. So, yeah, um, Detroit Lakes. and You, book- you got to
0: start booking bands. So how did that conversation come around?
1: Um I have a fun story, but uh, we would like, get to oh, put okay, our heads okay. together. That's Terry McCloskey. And Terry was our attorney, and he was a dear friend of ours, both Lynn and myself. And uh, he's passed away, oh, I want to say a good 10 years ago. Boy, maybe 15 years ago. Okay. He was... Yeah, sorry to hear that. He was... I, there are not words to explain how crazy he was. Yeah? Oh, he, he was an attorney, but, man, that man was nuts. Um, anyway, we wouldn't go there. <laughs> nuts in a good way. He had some fun. He he had more than his fair share of fun. So uh, we were talking about where we went from.
0: Uh, like you're g- going to make decisions about who your acts are going to be for the first show. Right.
1: And uh, we would put our heads together and. They said, well, how about this act? And I'd say, no, because I knew who was hot and who wasn't. Yeah. Because I was playing their music. Yes. You know, twice a week. And yes. I was really cu- cued in. So it was nice to have that knowledge of who was hot because otherwise you're kind of hit and miss. So I knew who was hot and who wasn't. And so we rolled with it until 1990. Um, the WeFest prior to that was nominated for a CMA award. And we are in the same category as Country Fest uh, Nashville, the big show they put on in Nashville. I don't think it was called Country Fest, but it was the week of the CMAs. Uh, Nashville Chamber of Commerce puts on the CMA Awards, and they also put on that Country Music Festival. that went That seems line. fair. So we weren't going to win that award, but it was really nice to be nominated. Yeah. And... So we would go down to Nashville every year and showcase bands, see who's coming out. And I always had a jump on that because of the music I was playing. One year, 1990, we showcased the bands, and here's Garth Brooks. And I was like, I love Garth Brooks. He was really had one song out. I said, Jeff, I play that song all the time. Much too young to feel this damn old. Still one of my all-time favorite country songs.
0: Which is not a high energy song.
1: No, it was a great song. Yeah, man, you haven't heard great country cowboy music like that. Talking about Chris Ledoux and
0: yeah, he referenced Chris Ledoux in a few of his songs. Yeah, and uh, I we, guess they were pretty. You we should friends. get him.
1: Jeff didn't care for them. Jeff, if you're watching us, uh, I don't need to say anything. Anyway, we <laughs> we passed on Garth Brooks. So in 1991, we couldn't afford Garth Brooks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was booked solid, and the rest was history. We never had Garth Brooks. Two acts that we never had, uh, and I get asked these questions all the time, we never had Garth Brooks, and we never had Shania Twain. You never had Shania Twain? No. She didn't like doing festivals. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe early in her career she did, but uh, the timing was never right, and we never got her. So in 83,
0: I know you mentioned earlier that you were really pressing the group to get Alabama yeah, because you felt like it was going to just yeah. rocket the festival into its yeah. popularity.
1: and I don't think I had to press them too hard because, you know, no one lived under a rock. Alabama was huge, and I know Jeff fought long and hard to get Alabama, and to his credit, he got them. I don't know, man. They're the biggest thing, breaking Beatles records and – He got Alabama, to his credit, and Alabama put us over the top. Even though there wasn't any money to be made in 83, we were on the map. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point, uh, the late 80s, all through the 90s, the 2000s, where every country entertainer on the planet, their top priority was to play the Wii Fest. Yeah. Because we were so professional. They knew they were going to get paid. They knew... They were going to play in front of the largest crowd that they've ever played in front of. Right. Whether they were a veteran or a rookie. fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people. Yeah, fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people. Was, we figured That's like that, a football stadium, TK. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. It was fun looking out at that vast sea of humanity and everyone just in the same boat. A just few of them fun. sober. Oh, yeah. Just uh, two or three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, we sold a lot of beer. There are, excuse me. There were a lot of brain cells <laughs> lost up at the Sioux Pass Ranch. That's for sure. Um, I guess I was saying in the late '80s, uh, the, all of the '90s, and into the 2000s. Certainly through the 2000s, uh, we were the largest country music festival in the world. Yeah, and you know people might. Look sideways, yeah, are you sure about that? There's this. And there's a lot of big shows now, especially in Nashville. And, um, boy, I think uh, the Jamboree in the Hills with Alabama is still huge. I could be wrong. You know, the country jams, the country fests. and But no one was putting in more than 60,000 people a day, and uh, we were. And it was cool. It was cool to be a part of that. It was cool to be able to say uh, that we were the biggest. You helped create that. Well, yeah. That was cool to think, and I I don't know that I ever said that to anybody. It
0: must have been interesting (laughs) to watch it evolve from what you said earlier at the 20,000 or so, the first festival, to how quickly it must have gotten to that 50 or 60. Because like you said, once you're on the map and you're the hot ticket, then it doesn't take long for those ticket sales to just take off.
1: If I could get Jill to look at that poster, I don't know if it was 85 or eighty four. I think 84 might have been a little bit. It might have been 84. We did a five-day show. We had mud rallies, and we had the mud for it, too. It rained, and people were sliding in the mud. We did a five-day show, and we started the bands. uh, Country
0: Fest does that now, the one that's in Kadat. There's a good shot. Jeez, look at that. It's an incredible sea of people.
1: Yeah, there's the VIP camping. Unless you get that one aerial shot, you can't even imagine how far... Out into the countryside. The, no, that's the, those. Those you can see the campers in the back, the RVs and the campers in the VIP camping. So but the, the that space goes that's Im- miles.
0: The space that's immediately behind the stage. That's more artist stuff. That's not. That's the, all
1: artists. If you look to the left of that picture, the right of the stage. Yeah. Uh, the VIP hospitality tents are back there where we fed thousands of people. Yep. And then in the to the left. As you're looking at the picture, to the right side of the stage behind is where we fed all the entertainers. We had the Prancing Pony. Yep. And uh, they just were so cool back there. I can't even tell you. Maybe if we can get some cameras up there this year, we can give our viewers uh, a real insight to what that backstage thing. Everyone wanted to come backstage, and I get that. But all you see is... Hundreds of people working their buns off.
0: It was like bees building a hive. Yeah. Just f- people flying around back there with headsets on. and
1: of Organized chaos. It really was. Yeah,
0: crazy. Do you see
1: on that uh, poster of the day? It was, I think it was, you can bring it over here, I guess. It was this day. There they are right there. One, two, three, four, five, six. We did six. It was 1984, our second year. We thought it would be a six good idea. Six days to- of festival. <laughs> And we started those bands at 10 o'clock in the morning, bands like Double Barrel and High Noon.
0: Well, I'm sure everybody, especially the local uh, groups, really wanted to get on that slate after that first year.
1: A lot of the groups from uh, the Roosters from Fargo, they were uh, kind of uh, regulars. High Noon's a pretty well-known local band. Yeah, and you know, Good Lynn, guys. we have a picture of High Noon back there—the original man, very talented. They guys. played at our uh, wedding reception. Oh, you're kidding me! No, Rick and uh, God darn it, I so poor at remembering names. And those guys—was
0: Bob been, part of the original group?
1: I don't know. Okay, I you know, and then as High Noon evolved, Nick, uh, Nick's Wild Ride, Nick went on to. Be Kenny Chesney's right-hand man, played banjo, guitar, fiddle, sang. Uh, We're going to try and get Nick on the show. Yeah, that'd be fun. Nick Hoffman, uh, great guy, big, big big-time hunter. If you folks get the opportunity to uh, check out Nick's Wild Ride, I think along with uh, Pat and Nicole, uh, Nick Hoffman has the best outdoor and hunting show you've ever seen. He goes all over the world and he has footage of his hunts, but he goes into the towns. He uh, eats their food, drinks their beer, and, and meets the people, and it's just a well-rounded, wonderful show. Great. Uh, kudos to him. I think he's going to win the Golden Moose Award with that show someday.
0: Next, wild ride.
1: Have you ever seen it? No. It's on the Outdoor Channel and maybe the Sportsman Channel, but it's even on uh, Fox Net. you know, where we get our hockey games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's on that as well. It's a, it's a great show. I it's love
0: tough show. to get any Fox Sports channels right now because they're in a big fight with basically all the cable companies except AT&T and Comcast.
1: Wow, I just switched to AT&T.
0: So, like, all the we, – we switched off of cable into the streaming only and had Hulu Live because aside from Dish and uh, um, DirecTV, we could get the Fox Sports North channels on the Hulu Live and then two years ago they got in a fight and now we can't even we can get nothing Fox Sports. We can't watch any Minnesota Wild, any Minnesota Twins. The Vikings luckily are still on local broadcasts.
1: That's too bad you're not getting the wild because they are playing some kick ass. Yeah, they just Hockey. beat
0: they just beat the number one team in our division two I know, years twice. In a
1: row. Yeah. They shut them out the other night and they beat them last night. And man, that game came right down to the wire. They well it was four to three, up.
0: but it wasn't really that close. I mean the Wild were right. four to one for an entire period.
1: For, for all the way up until I think the, the
0: last five minutes or something.
1: Something like that. They, they Let got off a the few gas goals a little
0: bit. second half of
1: the third period. Yeah,
0: right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Wow, well, they're doing great. I love that.
0: So anyway, so it, uh, Wii fest evolves. You said the 80s and 90s. It's the big ticket. What's 80s,
1: ne- 90s, 2000s. Yep. So what's next for
0: the festival after that? Like, what kind of happened as it moved forward?
1: With the new ownership?
0: Well, no. Um, as the... As you started growing and taking – let let me back up. As you started growing and taking on all this talent, obviously you figured out a lot of things along the way, like you can't do six days.
1: (laughs) That was such a disaster. disaster. Oh, man. Can't even
0: imagine how tough that was to orchestrate. Who were some of the highest-priced acts, the biggest Ah, checks you had
1: to write? Another good story. We got to a point – I know Kenny,
0: 10 years ago, was getting a million-dollar check to play –
1: we were getting to a point where we were going to have to uh we're talking about uh giving up." I don't know I don't know if giving up is the right word, but we didn't want to continue. We had a show where the headliners, and they are great headliners, and I know you love them as much as I did. The headliners were Winona, Sawyer Brown, and Ringo Starr.
0: Wow, Ringo played a country music festival. Yeah,
1: Ringo starred in his all star band. Randy had a. Uh, for those of you that are wondering who Randy is, Randy Levy owns Rose Productions and became the sole owner of the WeFest. He was an old, still an old, still a great friend, and uh, he bought everybody actu- else out. Yeah, he was actually a roommate of mine at one time back in the back a long time ago. <laughs> um, so that's when that's the last year that we did a, a show on Sunday, because we've been talking about these people taking the week off, and they did, but they couldn't take the following Monday off. So Sunday, everyone was starting to leave. Yeah. So Sunday night was really lame. And for years, I've been trying to get the boys t- and and Cheryl to drop the Sunday, let the people go home, let's do Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. And they finally thought that was uh, what they should do, and they did. And it worked out wonderful because they could party all night Saturday, and they could sleep in on Sunday, and they could take their time getting home. They could get home, recuperate, and still make it to work on Monday. Right. And that just worked out wonderful. Um, That year, as I said, those were the headliners. And, Jill, you can check that poster for me and make sure I'm correct, in uh, Winona Sawyer Brown, and Ringo Starr. We decided we gotta we had to borrow some money. Okay. And we got Tim McGraw, George Strait, and Kenny Chesney for a million dollars apiece. Oh jeez. <laughs>
0: um what was an average entertainment budget to put on a Wii Fest?
1: Uh three million. Total. As, as it progressed it it wound up to be about and until I think we were walked away from it or sold it it was pro- it was right around 3 million dollars for entertainment budget yeah okay they got a lot of money
0: was it was mil- was a million kind of a normal price for a headliner no okay
1: no as a matter of a fact uh speaking of that same million dollars our 30th anniversary i believe it was our 30th anniversary we had we had alabama there at the beginning our 10 year anniversary our 20 year anniversary our 25th and maybe another time or two in between. But we needed to have them there for our 30th anniversary, and they weren't touring together. They didn't like each other, and they would had it, you know, as that can happen. A falling out, yeah. Spend that much time together with a group of guys. We had a nice conversation with them and said, here, we'll give you a million dollars. They all came on separate buses, separate transportation, uh, flew in, drove in, whatever, and they really didn't visit, but I um, Gentry was on the stage with me, and we had a nice conversation. But they got back together, and they did our 30th anniversary. And ever since then, they still toured t- together today. That wasn't really good grammar, but they're still playing together, yeah. even today. And that's what brought them back together.
0: Who was the most expensive artist you've ever had?
1: Well, I think that's, that was the top dollar. The million dollar? I think that was the top dollar, and... Uh, George Strait got that. Uh, Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney. Okay. And I think I'm missing one, um, but I can't think of it. Do you see that uh, that act, Joe? It's uh, down in that area. Winona, you said George Strait. No, it was Winona. Yep. It was Sawyer Brown, and Sawyer Brown earned that spot. We had them there like ten times, and they killed the crowd. So I love those guys. Yeah, me too. And they're fun. Do you see that year? What year was that? No, bring it on over. Bring it on over. Bring it over. Don't hit me over the head with it. Well, we might, we might not find the answer to this.
0: Yeah, it's okay. You know, one of the things that we need to do here, TK, because we are going to have to bring this thing in for a landing yeah. as we get up against the clock, but I do want to, here it uh, is. we do have to have you impart. You find it?
1: Yep. Okay. Which one? Here's the year that I was talking about we got Kenny Chesney, <laughs> I'm pointing. <through. laughs> Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, and George Strait. <laughs> That's that was the year we really put it into high gear. And the year before, you the, said you took
0: a loan out to pay for the entertainment. Yeah, I can, the can't
1: the writing's too small. You. I can't really read it. Well, there it is. Well, we had Brad Paisley that year. What's too. that, Danny?
5: We can't see you.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we do have to throw a little hunting into this because we haven't tar- yeah. really talked any hunting. So uh, one of the things that that was suggested is we were fortunate enough to partake in some beautifully cooked pheasant tonight. Oh. So could you maybe share with us?
1: Well, that was just smoked pheasant. Put yeah. it in a brine. Put it in the smoker. Yeah. And uh, I breast them out. Uh, Lynn and I owned a, a steakhouse in Lionel Lakes called Red Oak Steaks and Wine. I think we had that for like seven or eight years. And, uh, and I
0: can attest that the food was fantastic. It was fantastic. We yeah.
1: uh, After two years, we garnered a five-star rating, and we were really, really proud of that. Uh, we featured a different wild game every week, which is a big deal, and fresh seafood on the weekends. And, and We cooked our steaks over burning hickory, so we had wonderful steaks. Um, occasionally we served pheasants. Uh, our pheasant was real popular. I used to serve a pheasant. Uh, we would grill it over smoke hickory, just the breasts. Yeah. None of our wild game was overdone. We wouldn't serve it past medium. Otherwise, we wouldn't be responsible.
0: So somebody it. said, I want a medium well, or I want a well, you'd say you have to leave?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> we just explained to them that. <laughs> there's no fat in uh, elk or venison, a lot of that meat. and uh, If you cook it that far, it's going to be really tough. So we... Educated a lot of people uh, on wild game uh, to eat it medium rare, rare, yeah, yeah. and then it's it's delicious. And uh, the pheasant was a uh, cooked in a pheasant with a white wine, uh, white wine sauce on it, and it was just the breast grilled over uh, the fire. And I guess I yeah, because you I'm guys had
0: actual eat. open flame, right? You didn't do gas, right.
1: actually burning hickory then amazing. Yeah. You yeah. can taste the difference. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. That smoke flavor got into the meat, and uh we were ranked third behind Manny's and Murray's. Yeah, amazing. And at the time, the ranking was being done by AOL, America Online.
0: AOL. Yeah, remember that? Famously the dial up people.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: So anyway, the you pheasant. still had dial up in your house until we made you get like the live stuff so we could do this. <laughs> uh, we had
1: dial up at our home up in Pillager.
0: You got a computer in your office in the house right now that looks like it weighs about a thousand pounds. Did you
1: hear that, Len? <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm sure it still, still works. I, I, you know, you don't throw away that Apple with the green screen if it still works. I get it, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a modern computer up there too we just haven't transferred everything over to it yet well that takes time yeah and it takes time and brains that i don't have
0: well on that note speaking of brains that neither of us have <laughs> we are going to go ahead and bring this thing in for a landing so folks thank you so much for joining us for another episode of boots and backstraps oh now, yeah come on now <laughs> and uh, if you uh have any questions for us we would love to hear them at Boots and, Boots and Backstraps Podcast at com, And also, if uh, you have any interest in joining us in studio, we talked about doing a contest where we'd draw a lucky fan to come and sit in studio for the filming or airing of an episode.
1: I have a feeling we'll have some WeFest tickets to give away, too.
0: I think we just might have some stuff to give away. We yeah. got sponsors that are calling us now. And, yeah. You know, so we got some stuff going on. TK, why don't you uh, close us
1: out, my yeah, friend? Yeah, I sure had fun with Matt and Matt. Uh... Can't thank him enough for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to close with uh, pretty much the same thing every week. Whether you're belting out your favorite country song or pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to pursue the Lord with that same passion. He'll teach you to shoot straight. We'll see you next week. Come on now.
2: The honey is on. Looking for a backstrap way deep in the woods tracking in a swamp to a hay field under the harvest moon when the tags are filled it's time to switch up our boots head down to the honky-tonk get us a swing dance or two we're talking about boots and back straps.